0: Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Amen. Praise God for the work that he is starting and the work that he is going to do in Glasgow, Scotland. I'm really, really so excited about what God is doing in the nations. And um, I'm excited for Ewan and Ramona, as we saw on that clip. Good morning, church. As we know, every second Sunday we pray for the nations and what an honor it is to pray for Scotland and for what God wants to do there. And I'm particularly excited because of this couple, especially since um, I've known them uh, from varsity. We were actually together in Grahamstown attending the same leadership meetings, uh, going to the same church, going to the same leaders' camp until they felt the call to join uh, Gareth and Terran to go on a church plant to Germany. And it's exciting to see how after 10, if not 11 years of serving in Germany, God has actually called them out now to go and plant in Scotland, Glasgow, and ah oh, it's it's so awesome to see god using his people real people sending them out into the nations to bring transformation to bring his gospel for his glory and so we're going to pray this morning for this church plant we're going to pray that god will really do an amazing work in the nation of scotland and especially in this town Um, or city of Glasgow as they're starting off. So let's just pray. I want us to pray specifically for Ewan and Ramona as the lead um, um, planting couple. I want us to pray for open doors that they will really experience God's favor and and His protection in this nation, in that nation. I want us to pray for a spiritual awakening in in in, in this nation as well, that there will just be such a hunger and a, and a cry of desperation for God to come and intervene and interfere in that nation. And also just pray, like yeah, just for open hearts. So if you would just join me this morning, let's lift up Scotland. Let's lift up this um, a Glasgow church before God and let's trust him to move. So Father this morning we are so excited, we are so glad and Lord that you could use um, Ewan and Ramona to plant this, uh, this church uh, Father God to, to, to be the spearheads of this church plant of uh, Father God. Therefore we lift them up before you Lord and we pray Lord that you will cover them oh Father God. We thank you for the excitement that they already have. We thank you that you've been preparing them and you've raised them up for such a time as this and that every Everything that they need for this church plan to succeed, you have given to them. You have made it available to them, oh, Father God. And therefore, we pray, Lord Jesus, that they will not be alone, Father God, that even now you begin to form a team around them, oh, Father God. We pray that you will call different people with different gifts, oh, Father God. You will call a team around them, oh, Father God, that they will not feel alone, Father God, even according to your promise and according to your word that in this season you're sending out teams. Oh Father God, we thank you, Lord, that they will not go alone but they will have a team in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for your provision. We thank you for your covering. We we thank you, Father God, that you cover them and you go before them, that you level the mountains, oh, Father God. Anything that would want to stand in their way will not succeed, oh, Father God, because you go before them to level the mountains, oh, Father God. And we thank you that it's going to be a successful church plant, oh, Father God, to your glory and to your honor, Father God. And, Lord, we also just want to thank you for open doors, open doors, open doors, doors. Lord, we know how hostile Europe has become. We know how hardened hearts have become even in this time. But Lord, we, we know we, we know that you're still working, that your Holy Spirit is still hovering. Your Holy Spirit is still bringing conviction. And therefore, we thank you for open hearts. We thank you for divine appointments, oh, Father God. We thank you for the man and the woman of peace in the city, oh, Father God, that they can connect with, that they can link up with, oh, Father God. We pray, Lord Jesus, for favor, Favor on the campus, favor in the community, Father God. Open doors so, Father God, that they will know, Lord, that this is how you're leading them. Even as you were leading the apostles in the book of Acts, oh, Father God, directing their steps, Lord, today we agree, Father God, knowing, Lord, that you direct the steps of the righteous, and we pray, Lord, that the steps of uh, of Ewan and Ramona and their team will be directed by your Holy Spirit in Scotland, oh, Father God. You will bring about divine connections. They will meet with people they never thought they would meet with, oh, Father God, because of your favor and your grace upon them, oh, Father God. We thank you that you make, you make a way where there seems no way, oh, Father God. We thank you for open doors, open heaven, oh, Father God. And Lord, oh, we really just thank you for an awakening over Scotland. We thank you for an awakening in Europe. We thank you, Lord, that you pour out your spirit over this nation, oh, Father God. We know, Lord Jesus, that, that it's, it's, a, it's it's hard ground. It's not, an, it's not an easy place, oh, Father God, but we know that your gospel was there before, and we know that there was a time when people were so hungry and desperate for you, Father, and we pray that you do it again. We pray that you pour out your spirit, oh, Father God, that our hearts will be turned towards you, Father God. There will be a hunger for you, O oh Father God. Lord, we pray, Lord Jesus, that, that you awaken people's hearts to your truth, O oh Father God. That no longer will they live lives like God is not relevant to them, O oh Father God. But Lord, that you will show people, O oh Father, you will visit them in a dream, in a vision, oh Father God. That you will teach them your ways again and call them to yourself, O oh Father God. Lord, we thank you that you pour out your spirit over this nation, O oh Father God of Scotland. And we thank you, Father God that you are gonna do a new work, oh Father God, that you're gonna open hearts, you're gonna open, a cities, so oh Father God, in this nation. You, you're just gonna pour out your spirit, oh Father God, that your kingdom may come and your will be done in that nation. May the name of Jesus be glorified in Scotland, oh Father God. We thank you that once again, the cross will, 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 um, just hang high. The, the banner of a cross will be high over that nation. The cross of the gospel of Jesus Christ being lifted up over Scotland. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you, Father God, for what you want to do in Scotland. We thank you that you pour out your spirit. We thank you that you're touching hearts. We thank you, Lord, that it's not just going to be one church plant, but it's going to be a church plant that is planting churches, that are planting churches, that are planting churches, that, planting churches that, that, that campuses will be transformed transformed. Lives will be transformed. Your kingdom, oh Father God, will be extended in the nation of Scotland, Lord. In Jesus' name, we thank you. We thank you and we praise you for that, Daddy. We thank you for your work, Lord. Amen. 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 Awesome. We thank God for what he's going to do. I'm so excited. Great. Um, and this morning, we're continuing with our series called Mastering Your Emotions that we started last week. And last week we really looked at emotions. We looked at... What are they? What is the source of, of emotions? Where do they come from? And the conclusion really was, um, or the short of it was, the fact that God has created us with emotions. In fact, God Himself is an emotional God. As we've seen some of the scriptures that Pastor Chris was reading, um, just um, showing some of the emotions that God was expressing, like anger and jealousy and 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 regret that um, that He showed, and even looking at some of Bi- or some Bible characters and seeing how they expressed emotions. So today we're going to continue, and we're going to particularly look at negative emotions. We're going to we're going to uh, focus a bit more on the negative emotions because there are positive emotions and there are negative emotions, and we know that all emotions are from God, but we just need to to learn how to handle them, and how to respond to our emotions. So today we're going to specifically look at the negative ones. And before we delve in, I really just want to pray for this message. Father, we thank you so much that your word is living and active. We thank you for what you want to do, oh, Father God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you pour out your spirit today, O oh Father God, and, and you just come and have your way, Lord Jesus, that, that you will minister to everybody that is listening, Father God, you'll minister to their hearts, you'll strengthen them, oh, Father God, and you do, you'll just bring truth, truth through your word this morning. In Jesus' name, we thank you and we praise you for that, Lord. Amen. Amen. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1 to 4 says, there's a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. It's interesting, a time to weep. We weep because of an emotion that we have. We weep because we're sad. A time to laugh, we laugh because we're happy, because we're joyous. A time to mourn. We mourn because we, we we are grieved by something. We are we are in mourning when we when we experience loss, and a time to dance. We're dancing because there's joy. Dance is an expression of joy, again happiness, and it's interesting that in this one um, Bible verse we we see the mixture of both positive and negative expressions because of positive and and, and negative feelings. And so today. As I mentioned, we're going to focus on the negative emotions and, and looking at what they are and how we respond to them. And, and, and some of those negative emotions, um, if I could just mention them, um, emotions like fear, disappointment, loneliness, frustration, anxiety, shame, despair, sadness, grief, depression, condemnation, and anger, okay? Okay. I'm sure as, as I was reading through those emotions, that even the feeling in your heart is like, oh yeah, it's, it's those emotions that, that come out when something wrong has happened, that they actually don't make us feel good about ourselves, you know? Negative emotions are those emotions that make you feel grotty <laughs> inside. Um, th- there's nothing exciting about them, but just this feel of gloom, this feel of being, um, Weighed down and, and feeling almost, uh, in some cases, even hopeless in a sense. And so it's important again for us to, to know that God has given us all these emotions. So the problem is not really in the emotions, but the problem comes in how we handle them and what we do with them. And looking at uh, at these negative emotions that i was just reading through now uh one of the things that we need to understand is that there's almost like two levels i know most people will say no there's 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 like mild and then there's moderate and then there's um extreme yeah but i would just say there are two levels there's a normal level where for example if i take fear i'm i'm afraid of doing something because maybe um it's it's not something it's something out of my comfort zone so for example i'm afraid of um para- going para- parachuting or something like that because ooh i'm i'm afraid i'm going to jump off or sometimes we're afraid of going to work because we didn't finish the work that our boss asked us to do now we're like ooh i'm not so sure how he's going to respond and and that's normal but there can be a point with, where we we are so fearful in our lives that fear is actually ruling our lives. That this emotion of fear can be and on a level of, of extreme, which is a higher level, where it's actually ruling our lives. There are people that. Cannot leave their houses because they're afraid that the minute they step out, somebody's going to stab them, or a car is going to drive over them, or something bad is going to happen. There's this constant feel and 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 uh, um, and fear of something bad happening. The minute that happens, the minute that negative emotions are ruling our lives, we know it's not normal. It's it's not how God wants us to live, and and that's where we really need to. To, to check that the the negative emotions that we're experiencing are kept in check, okay? Um, so, um, the... Uh, I've read quite a number of them here this morning, but we will not be able to discuss every one of them. Um, it's so difficult to look at fear, disappointment, discouragement, frustration, anxiety, anger, shame, despair, and all this. We can't focus on all of them today, but I really feel like there were three main ones that God really wants us to zoom into today. And that's the emotion of grief, um, depression, and anger. So those are the three that we're gonna focus on mainly today, and just zoom in and see how they operate, and how should we um, handle them, and 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 what does the Word of God actually say about them? Yeah. So the first one we're gonna look at is grief. Yeah. And I just wanna read a definition of grief that I wrote down that I think. is really, um, we'll just bring it out a bit more. And that is that grief is deep sadness caused, especially by the loss of a loved one, but can also be caused by the loss of something very meaningful to a person. Okay. Sadness, because I've lost something, I've lost a person. I've lost something that's very dear and meaningful to me. So, um, we know that when we lose a loved one, um, because of mainly death, yeah? It's not easy. Um, if you lose your spouse, you lose a child, it's really not easy. And and a lot of the times when we speak about grief, a lot of people associate grief with that. It's, it's a, oh, somebody died in the family, so this person is in deep sorrow. But what we don't understand is that it's not just limited to losing someone because of death. Uh, we can also grieve when we lose some uh, things that are really important for us. For example, if you lose your job, if you if you lose an opportunity that you were looking forward to and you were building everything around that opportunity, that door opening, and then it closed and they say, no, unfortunately, we're actually not taking you. If you were engaged and you were looking forward to getting married and things happen, and your fiance comes and says, "Sorry, we're going to have to end this relationship." Um, you 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 are suffering loss there, so you're going to be in a place of grief for quite some time. And 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 it's not just it's not a sadness that is gloomy, and you experience it in one day, and then it's and then it's gone. Grief takes a bit longer. Uh, working through loss takes longer. It's it's not something you experience today, and then tomorrow it's gone. Uh, In fact, um, we can see um, that uh, psychologists often speak about five stages of grief that that, that they have uh, come up with to say that when a person experiences great loss, there are five stages that they go through, and there have been arguments where um people are asking is it linear do you go from one stage to the next stage or can you experience all five stages at the same time or how does it work um and i think the short of it is that it's not lin- linear sometimes you 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 hop from one stage to the next stage but what they have found is that it, it is true that people do go through these five stages they can go through these five stages and this was uh put together by a lady called Elizabeth Kubler Ross. And um, the stages are as follows. The first stage is that stage of shock or, or denial. If someone comes to you and say, listen, um, um, unfortunately, we, you, um, things are really tough during this time, we had to retrench some people, and you're one of those people we need to let go. If your job meant the world to you, you really loved your career, you enjoyed what you were doing, you didn't see this coming, and you hear this news for the first time, it the first thing that you're going to experience is shock and denial. You're going to be like, no, this can't be happening. Is this really happening? No, this can't be happening. So, and 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 you're trying to to delay attaching that emotion of sadness to that because you you're in this place where you're like no this can't be and it's the same with a loved one and then the next stage is uh, it's it's anger simply because it's it's a lot easier for people to to express anger and become angry than go into sadness you know so in that place of loss, the next stage is anger, going into a place where you're starting to blame people. You're blaming, you can blame your boss. How come he didn't plan better? You, you sometimes, and I've experienced a lot of us as Christians, we end up blaming God, you know, when something bad happens, or I mean, when we, when we go through that place of loss and, and we're grieving um, we, we, we then start, um, blaming God, you know, like thinking, but God, how could this be? We become angry at God. You know, like if you really loved me, you wouldn't allow this thing to happen to me for me to experience such such loss and such heartbreak. God, if you love me, you would have made sure that this doesn't happen. So we get into that place of, 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 of blaming. And the next stage she mentioned there, stage three, is a stage of depression. I'm going to say a bit more about depression in in a while because that is one of the the, the things that we're looking at. But one of the main uh, causes of depression is loss. When somebody loses something that means so much to them, they go into this place of um, grief for that loss and then they get depressed you know? So th- that's why it's one of the stages there where you feel so hopeless um, because you lost something meaningful. You, you're you in that place where you're feeling like, I guess things are just going to get worse from now. I, you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. You're just like, oh my goodness, uh, where's my life heading now that I've lost this, you know? Um, and especially like uh, for people like sports people, um, if you're a runner and you're a good athlete, you're good at running and you get into an accident where the doctor tells you you'll never be able to run again because there's a joint somewhere or a tendon that's off, and you're imagining what your life is going to look like from then onwards. You can just imagine the amount of depression that that can cause. So that stage could be longer for someone like that, yeah. And then the next stage they mention is the stage of bargaining, where you're like trying to to um, almost think about. What can you put in place not to ever experience this kind of heartache ever again? In this stage of bargaining, that's where a lot of people end up making vows, like, um, I will never go to that doctor again, or I will never allow anyone else to take care of my child again except myself, or I will never. So there are just things that you're trying to put in place to control the situation so that next time, if anything like that had to happen, you would make sure that it doesn't happen because you've put uh, this thing in place. You're, you're bargaining. Um, and, and, and yeah, you're coming to a place of acceptance of what has happened, but at the same time you're thinking, I need to do something. So that something like this doesn't happen to me ever again. And the last stage they mention is that stage of acceptance where you're finally in a place where you're like, okay, I guess this is my reality now. Um, I guess I'll never see my father again. Um, I guess my mom is really gone, or I guess my child is really gone, or I guess I'll never run again, or I'll never sing again. It, whatever it is, I don't want to give too many examples because they, they're such negative examples, you know, and I pray that none of these things happen to us. But just to mention that when you come to the stage of acceptance is realizing that I've lost this thing, and it's not, it's not coming back. It was, it was meaningful. The memories are great, but I can't have it again. You know, a house that was burned down in the fire, you can grieve over that because of memories that you had in that house and plans that you had for it, the garden you had, the dog that was running around in the garden. Um, it's not going to be the same again. So you accept and you say, I guess it's time to move on. Um, and one of the things that we need to remember is that I think I often say this, that we, we, we don't have a storm-free life. God didn't promise us a storm-free life, but a storm-proof life. So there are things that are going to come our way. And, and sadly, grief is one of those things. We are going to lose a loved one at some stage in our lives, if not already. We are going to experience loss of something that's important to us. So one thing we must just understand is that when it happens, Um, it's not because God wants to hurt us, okay? We need to understand when that that kind of thing happens, God is with us and he's so close to us. I want to read this verse. I often use it when someone has lost a loved one. Um, If I'm sending them a message, one of the verses I love sending is Psalm 34 verse 18, which says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. When we are in this place of deep hurt, anguish, heartache, affliction, God is close to us. Often we feel like God has abandoned us. He's far away from us. He, and that's why he's caused this thing. But he, he wants us to know he's close to us and we need to, to run to him and allow him to comfort us and, and, and really love us through this process. And the thing with grief is we have to take the time to grieve. Something that we've lost. Sometimes people move on too fast. Oh, it happens. I guess I'm moving on. No, you have to deal with that emotion. You have to give yourself time. That's why even companies have what they call compassionate leave because they know if you lose a loved one, you need time to get over it. So give yourself the time, but also don't linger too long. Yeah? You can't be five years with what you have experienced, your, 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 You are mourning over something that you lost five years ago and today you are still in a deep state of grief because of that. Uh, Okay? So we just need to keep that 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 um we just need to keep that the time frame in balance. Uh, I can't say it has to be two years or it has to be six months or what, but what we see in the Bible is that often when someone died, they had a period of mourning and it was often a week. Or if it's somebody very important, it will be for a month. And then after that, people needed to go back to work and go, go back to do the things that they needed to do. If we stay in that place too long, it becomes unhealthy. Yeah? If we hold on to something that we've lost for too long, it's gone, it becomes unhealthy. It really becomes unhealthy. And and, and and God wants us to work through the emotion and work through the thing. But at the same time, he wants to bring us into a place of healing where we can let go and actually move on with him. Amen. Awesome. The next thing we're going to look at is depression. Um, and depression is a big one. It has It's actually quite a big one in our nation. Um, there was a time when I used to think, ah, I don't think people in Namibia are depressed until I started listening to some NBC talks and psychologists uh, talking. And I realized, oh my goodness, this is actually quite a a, a problem in Namibia, you know, um, because it, it is happening around us. And especially in a time like this, where there's a lot of uncertainty and things are changing, it's it's easy for people to, to fall into that. Um, It's easy to people, oh yeah, I mean, for people to start falling into depression. And what depression is, I'm gonna speak again on those two levels, you know, because I've noticed that. A lot of the times we use the term depression very loosely, you know, like one day you wake up, you look outside, it's rainy and cloudy and it looks gloomy outside. And uh, you look and you feel like, I just don't want to go. I just don't want to do anything today. I don't want to go outside. I just want to stay indoors. And so you go to your fridge, you take out the chocolate, you take out the yogurt, and you just want to sit in and just watch movies all day because you just feel so gloomy. You don't feel like going outside. And when when someone calls you, how are you? Oh, I'm so depressed today, friend. I just, you know, that's, that's like the, the, the low level of what depression is, is that feeling of you're feeling sad, you're feeling un, unimportant, you're feeling maybe grotty that one day you, you're feeling a bit hopeless, you know. Um, that's a low level of depression. But on a higher level, on a medical level, really, when they say depression, it, it's deeper than just me feeling on one specific day or maybe two days, feeling sad, hopeless, and um, feeling like the the world is is crumbling down because of something bad that happened yesterday, you know? Depression, I want to read here when it's used medically. It's a mood disorder that involves a persistent feeling of sadness and loss of interest. It's marked especially by despair, hopelessness, inactivity, difficulty with thinking, and concentration, a significant increase or decrease in appetite and time spent sleeping, feeling of dejection and hopelessness, and sometimes suicidal thoughts or an attempt to commit suicide. So it is a mood disorder. And the key word is persistent. A mood disorder that is persistent. You feel every day when you wake up you don't feel like living. You're, you're questioning why are you still alive. You don't feel like doing anything. You don't feel like bathing. You don't feel like going outside. You just want to sleep. You just want to eat. You just want to. It's, it's, it feels gloomy and dark. Um, some people cry every day, but they just don't see the point of life. It's like it's like hopeless for them. Yeah, it's like it's, it's a it's a place where. You 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 just feel like there's no point to life. Why am I alive again? You're questioning why are you alive? What is the point of life? You don't feel like going to work. You don't feel like doing anything. <laughs> you just want to be in bed. And and some of you have probably experienced it, yeah, for um, for a day or two. But when it's when it is longer than a day or two, I've heard of people that go into depression for as long as months, for months and months and months, then we know that it is serious because, um, you cannot for weeks and months be feeling like you don't want to live. And often people get into this place when they've experienced loss, uh, something very meaningful. When, when things have shifted in their lives, you lost a job, you, something happened that, Really hurt you, or I'm uh, not really hurt you, but something meaningful to you has been taken from you, and 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 you're questioning who am I now? My whole identity, everything is gone. Often, but there are other factors that also play into depression, um, as research has shown. Um, um, and some of some of the causes are things also like genetic features. The the studies have shown or, or psychologists have concluded that there are certain things in a person's makeup, and Pastor Chris was explaining, when it comes to emotions, there's so much, you know, there's environmental factors, there's psychological factors, there's there, there are hormones inside of us, it's our feelings, what's happening around, you know, so sometimes in in people's genetic makeup, they, um, they say people who are more like melancholic types are more prone to depression, you know. Um, sometimes it's in generations. There are certain families that are more prone to that. So they will say, no, it's, it's a family thing. It's something that has come for, for generations. So it's, it's in their genetic makeup. Yeah. Yeah. So that is what research is saying. Some, um, As um, scientists say, it's a change in the brain's neurotransmitters. There's an imbalance there, and because there's an imbalance, uh, it affects the way the um, the person expresses their emotions, and it affects the emotions of a person. Um, And it can be environmental and psychological and social, as I mentioned. But we must also understand that in all of this, it can be very spiritual, (laughs) Okay. When we read this stuff in the natural, we're always getting natural answers, but I must say this today, that a mood that wants you to kill yourself constantly, that's telling you there's no hope, that's telling you that um, there's no purpose in life, is definitely motivated by the devil, because he's the one that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And God has come uh, to, uh, to give us life and abundant life. So we need to understand that there are th- uh, things that happen in the spiritual realm that can also affect us and bring us into a place of depression. In fact, you'll find that people that have been involved in things like um, the occult um, or just dabbled in spiritual things, they can actually suffer from from, from depression um, uh, at some stage in their lives or if somebody is, um, even witchcraft can cause depression in people's lives. So we need to understand that there's a spiritual dynamic here as well. And that demonic forces are real and demons are real. Yeah. So they would, when, when we are experiencing negative emotions on a low level, And we don't deal with it and we're allowed to linger in it and we're allowed to go deep in it. We can actually give foothold to the enemy to come and inhabit that place and make that place its home where I'm not only struggling with fear anymore, but I've got a spirit of fear that is ruling my life. Or I've got uh, this dark, gloomy spirit of depression that is ruling my life. Or I've got the spirit of anger. I'm not just angry. In the night. There is a spirit that is attached to my anger that is that is uh, causing things to spiral out of hand. So it's really, really important that when we experience these emotions, we bring them to the Lord and we ask Him for His direction and His answers. I, 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 I love science. I'm not somebody who says don't believe in what the scientists say and all that, but I believe that everything in the earth belongs to the Lord. And when we're experiencing things in our makeup as a body that is not according to God's order, he knows what the specific cause is, and he knows uh, what it is that we need to come out of it. So the first place to go to is to run to God and allow him to bring the healing. And Often there are people that say, no, but there are also some people that you can see, they were kind of depressed in the Bible. And it's interesting to see that um, as some of the prophets, especially like Elijah, was one of those prophets that, was, uh, that came to a place where he was just like, God, just take me now. You know. And I want to read that verse. It says um, in 1 Kings 19 verse 4, Elijah, he really felt hopeless at this stage. And he just felt like, sh- I think um, things are not working out. And he said, I have had enough, Lord. Uh, take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. He was actually begging God to take his life. So he came to a point in his life where he also didn't feel like living. And then we see Jeremiah. He went as far as cursing the day that he was born. In Jeremiah 20 verse 14, it says, curse be the day I was born. Why did I ever come out of the womb to see trouble and sorrow and to end my days in shame? You know, this was Jeremiah speaking and he was just like, it's, it's hopeless. The things that we're seeing around him, the sins of the Israelites, the bad things that were happening, it's just like, God, why do I have to carry this, this burden? And if that's how your whole life story is, it's just a place of, oh, I don't want to live. I don't, I don't know why I'm alive. Why do I have to see this? Why do I have to experience this?" We know that that is not God's portion for you at all. um, Proverbs 18, verse 14 reads as follows. It says, the human spirit can endure a sick body, but who can bear it if the spirit is crushed? Yeah? If your body is sick and your spirit is strong, you can still motivate yourself to come out of bed and go to the toilet, come out of bed and eat something. But if your spirit is crushed, and this is what depression does, it crushes your spirit like everything is dark there's no hope if if your spirit is crushed then we are in a very difficult situation and we need the hand of God to bring us out of it And I praise God that he is a God of impossibilities, that there's nothing that is too difficult for him. Sometimes people may have gone from doctor to doctor and say, there's nothing we can do. Oh, listen, my my friend, you're gonna have to live on antidepressants for the rest of your life. Listen. There is nothing that is impossible for God. There is not a single sickness on earth that is impossible for God to heal. And this thing of depression, we shouldn't own it as ourselves. We can't say, you know, I'm depressed, my depression, and just accept that this is who I am and this is how I'm formed. No, we need to stand on God's word and begin to declare his word over our lives and say, God, I'm trusting you for my portion. I'm trusting you for what your word is saying. I know that your kingdom is a kingdom of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And I wanna experience this joy that you're speaking uh, about. I don't wanna be in this gloomy place. So yeah, it's really important. that we encourage ourselves when we are in a a pit kind of a place. And sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it's really difficult. But just stay in the Word, pray, seek God, and and minister to Him and lift Him up so that you can come out of that place of darkness. So the next emotion or dark or negative emotion that we're going to look at is anger. Anger. Anger is a big one, hey? Because (laughs) we are all prone to anger. We all get angry once in a while. Something happens that really ticks us off and we want to show whoever is doing it to us that we are not impressed, okay? So what is anger? It's a strong feeling of being upset or annoyed because of something wrong or bad, okay? Something wrong or annoying uh, is being done to you, and it is provoking you to express your dissatisfaction Dissatisfaction by shouting, screaming, or in some cases becoming physical, isn't it? So there's something that someone is doing or that's happening that's irritating you, and it's really pressing the wrong buttons that is making you want to express this this, uh, the effects of this irritation and you're becoming angry and all worked up. Okay. Now, what we need to understand about anger is that there's righteous anger, and then there's misplaced unrighteous anger. We saw in the Bible, um, that God is a God that gets angry. Yeah. One of the emotions that God expresses is anger when things are not being done. According to his ways, according to his purpose, he becomes angry. He was angry with <laughs> his chosen people for quite a couple of times. And there are certain things that you will see God did in, that new, in the Old Testament to express his anger that you will be like, huh? A loving God, a loving Father would do this, yeah? But we saw that emotion coming through. Um, we saw how Jesus got very angry when he found that in the temple people were selling and trading and doing all sorts of things, except the thing that the temple is set apart for, which is prayer for all the nations. He got so angry that he went in there. The Bible says he made a whip, and he started whipping and chasing people out and turning the tables around. That's righteous anger. Now, as children of God, we are called to express righteous anger. We're not just called to be people that are like, Everything that's happening in society, we're just like, oh, I guess that's just how things are. Um, or, oh, yeah, no, that's not great. Hey, that shouldn't happen. No, we need to, to have that righteous anger of God to rise up when we're seeing injustice, when we're seeing uh, the moral um, values and standards of, of our nation declining and decaying. When we see things that are happening that are not according to God's standard, we need to become angry about the things that God is angry about, okay? So it is important, but there is an anger that is different from righteous anger, and that is an anger that is more focused on self, yeah? The anger that has to do more with the person's pride, with my pride as a person, and, and, and what I desire as a person. So that is now, the misplaced anger, the anger that is motivated by pride. And and anger also becomes bad when we let it linger. You know, if if you allow anger to linger, then it's also not good because the word of God says that we should be angry without sinning and we should be angry. uh, I mean, we should not allow the sun to go down on our anger. Okay, and also when we're angry for no reason, you know, there are some people that walk around, the only expression they know is anger. It's like I, I lead the best when I'm angry because then everybody listens. I I rule with anger. I, it's just an angry person all the time. Yeah? So when we're expressing our emotions, we need to ask ourselves: is this an expression of what the kingdom of God is like? You know, is God happy with the fact that I'm walking around angry all the time? Remember how Moses, when God said to him, speak to the rock because he wanted to give his people water. Moses was so annoyed by the people that instead of speaking to the rock, he actually hit the rock and the water came out. But he was angry. He showed his anger. And the only um, reference point that people had of God was Moses. And if Moses was angry and he, and he smote the rock, that means people were thinking, oh my goodness, God is really angry. So if you're an angry Christian you're angry all the time, people are wondering, is the God that you serve an angry God, you know? So anger is one of those emotions that we really, really need to keep intact. Again, it's not a bad emotion, but we shouldn't be people that react out of anger. We should be people who respond when we're angry. You know, anger has a lot more to do with what is happening inside of me as a person when I get angry, then what is happening in the person or what the person outside that's causing me to get angry is doing, okay? It's very important to know that about anger. It has more to do with you as the person that's expressing the anger than what is being done to you, okay? So we need to, to be people who understand how to rule our spirit, Okay, Proverbs 16, verse 32 says, Whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. Okay, if you're slow to anger, you're better than the mighty (laughs) because you can keep your anger in control, in check. Anger is one of those things that if we don't keep in check, I guess, like all the other negative emotions, it can really cause us to do things that we are not supposed to do, okay? It can escalate to us murdering someone and doing something that we're like, oh my goodness, yeah? So when we get angry, It's important for us to take time out and just ask ourselves, okay, why am I angry? And and really, in the moment when you're angry, you don't want to think about all these things. All that's going on is you're experiencing this emotion. This person is really ticking you off, and you want to do something about it. But it's good not to react in your anger, to just take a step back. Don't don't try to to solve issues when you're angry. Just take a step back and just ask yourself, why am I angry? And am I responding in a way that is glorifying God or am I really in the flesh now? Yeah? Because you want, especially if you say you belong to Jesus, how you express your anger is an indication of how much you're allowing the Holy Spirit to rule you, to rule in you. Yeah? So how we treat people when we're angry, how we respond to situations is an indication of how much of the Holy Spirit we're allowing to rule in and through us. So when it comes to anger, we really need to take the time just to cool down and then address the issue. And when when we know that it's too much to take a step back and not try and, and solve things, because a lot of the times we have people that make excuses for the actions that follow their anger, and they feel they're justified in it. You'll find a, a, a husband beating his wife because she made him angry. Yeah? My wife makes me so angry that I just had to smack her to shut up. That's not godly. Yeah? Or your, your children. They're so annoying. They're irritating. They're making me so angry. I just had to grab them and throw them against the wall. Things like that can happen if, we don't, if, if we're not ruling our spirits when it comes to anger. Yeah, you get so angry that you start picking up shoes and you're throwing them all over the room. You're throwing them at the person that you're angry. I mean, I, I, I get amazed at what happens in SA with a taxi driver sometimes on the road. They call it road rage, you know, when somebody cuts in and the other person gets angry and they get to the boot of the car and they take out the gun and they decide I'm going to shoot you now. Anger has the potential to make us do things that are unreasonable and that's why it's so important for us to check our anger and keep it keep it um yeah keep it in check <laughs> so that we don't do something that is out of the nature and the character of God so it's really really important to to look at this emotion and understand when am i angry because it's it's righteous anger and and you know sometimes even if you're getting angry because of something that has nothing to do with God, but it has something to do with you, especially in in, in marriages, I'm, I'm sure spouses make, <laughs> they, they anger each other all the time. I get angry at my husband every now and then. He gets angry at me every now and then. Um, it's fine, but what am I doing with that anger? I shouldn't let it fester, uh, and I shouldn't let it get out of control. Yeah. I need to release it, and I need to, to deal with it, um, Ephesians 4, verse 26 to 27 says, in your anger, do not sin, okay? Do not sin when you get angry. So do killing somebody, beating gender-based violence, all the stuff that's happening in society is no excuse. Yeah? We, anger is not an excuse to go and do those things. Yeah. So the Bible says clearly, in our anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Don't let anger linger. If you let it linger too much, we're opening the door for the enemy to come and make his home in that place. And before you know it, you're not just angry, now you've got a spirit of anger. And you're wondering why you're blowing up like the hulk all the time, you know. So that's not what we want, okay? And do not give the devil a foothold. So as we're experiencing these negative emotions in our lives, the important thing is that we do not give the enemy a foothold, but we look in our spirits to respond, we take it to God, and we allow him to lead us out of them. Amen. So, yeah, these are the emotions, the negative emotions that we're really going through today. And with all the negative emotions, whatever is negative we always need to remember that there are these feelings come i can feel shame but god does not want me to linger in shame and build a life that is that is motivated and and surrounded by shame god does not want me to live a life that is dictated by fear god does not want me to live a life that is dictated by discouragement god does not want me to live a life that is this dictated by a negative emotion but he wants us to live our lives that are ruled and led by His Holy Spirit according to His plan and His His purpose for our lives. So it's always important to make sure that these emotions are in check. We're bringing them to God and we're allowing Him to lead us in these areas. Amen. So I want to close off now just by taking some time to pray into this. I know that a number of people have lost loved ones during this time. Uh, some even to COVID unexpectedly, um, road accidents and all sorts of things happen and um, some people may be depressed um, in a state because of things that happened last year that they're still trying to recover from and get out of and not understanding where to go and things may look hopeless and, and others struggling with anger, struggling with anger in the home. Um, no peace between you and your spouse or you and your children or um, you and anyone really. You know, there's just this boiling anger and frustration that you want to release. And I really believe God just wants to set us free from that this morning. He wants to heal. He wants to remind us that we can come to Him and we can release and lay these things at His feet and, 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 and ask Him for the grace to really be able to live life according to how he wants us to live it so father this morning we're so grateful lord jesus that that you know our makeup you have created us our innermost being you've created you you knitted us together in our mother's womb so father god you know how you're fashioned and you formed us there's not a single detail in our life that takes you off guard and that you do not know of oh father god and therefore we thank you that anything that may be off balance in our lives oh father god you know of you have seen oh father god and therefore we pray lord that you will come and have your way in, in our negative emotions, oh Father God. We thank you that you do not want us to linger in those places, oh Father. We we thank you that you're calling us not to react to them, oh Father God, but to respond um uh, to, towards these emotions, oh Father God, and respond in a way that, that honors and brings glory to you, Father God, and not use these things as an excuse, oh Father God, to go out and be in the flesh, oh Father God. And therefore we pray, Lord, where we've been restored. Responding in the flesh, where we've been, where, where we've been making. Um allowing our emotions to rule us and, and, and make decisions for us. We just want to repent of that this morning, Father. And we pray, Lord Jesus, that you will strengthen us, oh, Father God, that we will be people that that are disciplined, that that are ruled by your Holy Spirit, oh, Father God, and not ruled by the flesh, oh, Father God. In the name of Jesus, we thank you and we praise you, Father God. And Lord, I just thank you, Father God, that you just, just break off any 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 heaviness right now any burden, any weight of depression in the name of Jesus we just break that off this morning Father, I thank you Lord that you've come to give us life and life in abundance oh Father and any person with suicidal thoughts oh Father God this morning we cut that off in the name of Jesus and we declare that they will live and not die and they will bring, bring glory to you oh Father God, I thank you Lord Jesus that our we will have thoughts that your thoughts um, towards our lives oh Father God We'll think the way you want us to think. We will live the way you want us to live, oh, Father God. And we'll bring glory and honor to your name, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we worship you this morning. We exalt you above our emotions. We exalt you in every area of our lives. In Jesus' name, we thank you and we praise you for that. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.